0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Allison Donaghy about finding our self-worth and improving our workplace relationships. Alison Donaghy, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: I am excited to be here. I, um, it's, I've been waiting for this for a while, so I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a fun discussion. You have a really uh, cool background, and we're going to be exploring a topic together that I think is really important, you know, finding self-worth and finding ways to improve our relationships generally, uh, but also specifically within the workplace, uh, because so, so much of an organization's ability to to be successful, um, relies on those relationships. Uh, we are first and foremost human beings that that uh, have all sorts of complex, um, you know, interactions, and we have our flaws, and we have, you know, just the these moments where, you know, things don't get communicated effectively. And so, finding ways to have meaningful relationships in the workplace is one of the number one indicators of successful teams. Uh, of, of employee engagement, employee satisfaction, uh, organizational commitment, and a whole slew of different types of positive outcomes for organizations. So from a people perspective, from a human perspective, it's important. But from an organizational perspective, you know, as we look at the business case of it, it's also important. So it's a no-brainer. Um, we, and talking about self-worth, I think, will be a really valuable uh, discussion. As we get started, I just wanted to share Allison's bio with everyone. Allison Donaghy believes that worthiness is the foundation of everything that we do. She believes that we can connect with our own uh, worth internally and have a strong foundation in life, or we can connect with it externally and have a foundation built on sand. Life is truly more remarkable when we can learn to reclaim the worth we were born with. Allison has a background of psychology, criminology, sociology, was a single mom on welfare when she started her business and is an international best-selling author now. Uh, What an uh, empowering and uh, motivating type of a, a background and bio that you have, and I really look forward to this conversation.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It has been an incredible journey. I just, I feel so fortunate that I've been able to learn the lessons along the way that I've been able to learn because without having learned those, I don't think I would have been able to get to where I am. And I really owe so much of my success to the fact that I was able to have a business. I, there is no way with being a single mom on welfare, I would have been able to create this life that I have without having had a business. It's just, I don't think it would have been possible. It wouldn't have been possible. I worked all the minimum wage jobs. <laughs> None of them were going to give me any freedom. <clears throat> so I have a huge appreciation for business and, and what it can do for people. And my book even talks about how we can use our business to change the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And maybe we can start off with just a little bit of, if you, to the extent you're willing to share, um, you know, a little bit about your personal background, um, you know, how you got into your business um, and how you, you, some of those early lessons you started to learn that have transformed the, your, your uh, approach.
1: Yeah. And so I um, had been at university and I was plugging my way through working three jobs. And I met a guy who taught me how to paint houses and I ended up moving in with him and he relapsed into drug addiction. And so life got extremely messy and complicated and just horrible. And then he passed away in 99. And I thought, oh gosh, what am I going to do? I have no job right now. I have all of his debt from his drugs, which I can't afford. I didn't finish my education. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll just start my own company. How hard can it be? Other people do it. The ignorance of youth is sublime. (laughs) And so I started my house painting company and I talk to people. I've had a couple of people that came into my life that really taught me valuable lessons. Some knew and some didn't. One gentleman, he said to me, if you have a client who has an issue with something you have done, put them to the top of the list and deal with them first. And so this really gave me an awareness to this interaction we have with other people, how we value our work and how we value ourselves around our work and how we value the people that we're serving. And then, of course, having staff is always lesson learning. And another big lesson I learned was I was at a gas station one time, and I'm all decked out in my paint gear. I got paint on my face, and my hair's up in a bandana, and I'm driving my old beat-up crappy van. And this woman is pumping gas in front of me in this sleek little sports car, and she gets out, and she's all, like, beautiful and totally polished. And I, it was just this contradiction And while I was feeling really bad about myself, I kind of looked at my van and I thought, I shouldn't. I, I hire people. I help people pay their mortgage and feed their kids and have a good place to come to work. And I was starting to feel a little bit better about you know, where I was in relationship to her. And then she walked by and she was like, is this your company? And I said, yeah. And she goes, good for you. And she was just so cool. And she doesn't know how much of an impact she had, how that moment of connecting to my worth changed my relationship going forward with all sorts of things.
0: Oh, I love that. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that that was the end of that story, you know, that she she walked by and said something really positive like that.
1: Right? Um,
0: <laughs> I, I, I was, ho- you know, hopeful. And, you know, I, I was like, I, I hope she doesn't say something really horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but people surprise you, right? And, and, you know, I'm a firm believer in the goodness in most people. I, I think most people... Aren't jerks. Most people, um, you know, they they have their own struggles, and so sometimes we're not our best selves around other people. But most people want to, you know, be be kind, and and ha- they have good intentions, and so mm-hmm. so it's 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 wonderful when you hear uh, of something like that happening, and that that did give you a little bit of a boost and and uh, some some motivation as mm-hmm. you move forward. Um, so you talk a lot about worthiness. Um, and I'm framing that as self-worth, uh, but I, I'm curious exactly what you mean by worthiness. What is, what is worthiness to you and why does it matter so much?
1: Worthiness, I believe, is the foundation to absolutely every choice we make. And so if our worth isn't in a good, healthy place, our choices are probably not going to be healthy either. But worthiness to me is just the fact that we we have value. We matter. When you think about when somebody has a baby and the baby comes out into the world, nobody looks at this baby and goes, oh, yeah, no, not a miracle. They don't. They look at this baby and they go, whoa. And it's that wonder and the magic and that how miraculous it is about how that even happened. And then we get out into the world and the world tells us we're not good enough. We're not tall enough, pretty enough, smart enough, fast enough, any enough of these things. And, and then we believe it. And our worth takes a hit, and we spend the rest of our time trying to prove to other people that we matter, instead of just reclaiming that inherent worth we were born with.
0: Yeah, and it is inherent. Um, we we all we all have that innate self worth, and I love the way you frame worthiness. Um, it's a little bit different than how some people view it, and you know I think within a religious context, a lot of people talk about worthiness. Mm -hmm. um, in this, in a different way, right? They, they, they talk about how we have to basically like earn, you know, our worth through, um, uh, through our interactions with others or through, you know, following a certain set of rules or whatever. What you're saying is different. If I'm understanding correctly, you're saying that we have innate worth, um, just because we are, because we exist, because we're human beings, we have value, we have worth. Um, and, yeah, we all make mistakes. We all will slip and fall. We'll all, you know, um, make some bad choices, but, but we learn and we grow from life and we move forward. And if we can remember our innate worth, uh, and not get caught up in shame cycles and those sorts of things, then, then we have an opportunity to move forward in a positive way. Um, you know, perhaps in a different, more constructive way than than what would happen if we got really caught up in the judgments and the shaming and and some of those types of things that can occur.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The shaming is such a horrible cycle. You know, I talk to a lot of people about the importance of owning your part in something Uh, because no matter what we're doing, like you and me right now, we're in a dance here. We are both co-creating this experience. Your listeners are in a dance with us. They are co-creating the experience in a different way when they take this information and they take it elsewhere, they're now having a dance with those other people. And we are on the periphery of that, right? And so when we start seeing this connectedness and understanding how we contribute to it, that actually starts to build our self-worth. Like it is a fantastic way of starting. It's looking at the relationship we're having with somebody for an argument and saying, okay, how, what was my part in this dance, that automatically boosts your internal worth. It just, it does. It, because it moves you out of that victim mode. It moves you out of this is all your fault and you did this to me and brings you to this place where you are taking ownership of your choices, which actually makes you stronger.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And you, know, you, you mentioned in your bio about the difference between this internal uh, focus, this internal sense of worth, Uh, versus the external and, and you frame the external as, as building on a foundation of sand. Um, Can you speak a little bit more to that? What exactly do you mean by that? Why is it so dangerous to build our sense of self-worth on external factors?
1: Mm -hmm. So, right. We can get one of two ways. Internal worth is I am okay, regardless of what is happening out there. So if you don't like me, if that woman at the gas station said something nasty to me, I still would have been intact if my internal worth was intact. When we get our worth externally, I'm trying to prove my worth to somebody else. I am now placing my happiness and my value in their response. If they respond the way I want them to, then I'll feel good about myself. If they don't, then I get to say bad things about them. I will then feel superior And now I'm going to feel worthy, but none of that is sustainable. And so it's like building a house on sand that you don't have that solid foundation. The water comes in and drifts your house away. Your house is gone. You got to start over again. It's like, you know, building those castles when you're on the beach, right? It's not sustainable. However, when your foundation is built on something strong, like internal worth, you are, it's like the three little pigs, right? You just can't blow that house down.
0: Yeah and you know I think society at large at least in the US <laughs> you know it's it's built on the external largely yeah. um we have a lot of societal pressures you know in defining what success looks like what you know who who's valuable who's successful who you know who who's who has made good choices who um who has figured it out and there's all these markers there's all these outward manifestations that people look to, um, and then pass judgment on. And it's a dangerous, dangerous thing to play that game uh, of just trying to impress people and trying to prove yourself, um, through all these external types of forces, uh, because you know, life is messy and you're going to have times where things are going really great and others recognize your worth and they validate you, but you're going to have other times where they don't. And if you're, you know, if you're dependent on external validations, um then you're likely to slip into you know uh, anxiety stress depressive states and, and and things like that because it's just so hard to handle um life when we we don't feel like we're important um yeah. and and I I think we all struggle with that I know I have you know I I I I would like to think that I'm secure enough you know uh, that I don't need the praise or Adulations that others might give me in order to feel good about myself, Um, but I know that I do. Like if someone you know says something nice, it makes me feel good, and if someone says something negative, I ruminate on it sometimes. And I I guess that's a life lesson that we all can learn and relearn and try to apply. And and uh, ultimately, I think it's the the individual who really is secure in themselves that's able. To just, and I'm always jealous of these people because you see they're rare, but you see them from time to time and you just see them. They just, they don't care. Like they just go about their day and they do, they're authentic and and they live their best life and they just don't really care, you know, what other people do or say.
1: <laughs> we do have to be careful though, about comparing insides to outsides, right? There are a lot of people out there that are putting on a really fantastic mask of I've got this all together, but inside they're a hot mess. And we have to really take that time to realize that nobody is hundred percent at this. You know, if we can get to 70%, 60, 70% of internal worth, that's pretty amazing in this world that we live in because there are so many pressures um, explaining to us how we're not adequate, right? That we are going to slip. We are going to fall back. I do this work and I fall into this all the time where I think, not as often as I used to. So when I say all the time, I mean, it's relative, right? But it's frequent. It's, um, I w- something will happen. Somebody will walk by and I'll be like, oh, they look like they've got it more together than me. And then I'm like, whoa, hang on a second. Why am I doing this to myself? Where's my worth coming from? And, and that is a really great question you can ask yourself when you get that uk feeling of comparison, because they go hand in hand. It's really difficult to look at somebody else and go, I wish I had that and not have an uk feeling. When that happens, just say, well, where's my worth coming from right now? Just have that space to, to contemplate.
0: So how does this translate over to relationships? Having a sense of, of, of self-worth, mm-hmm. of your own innate worthiness, um, how does that help us to have more healthy relationships, whether it's at home, you know, in our neighborhoods, our communities, with our friends, or in the workplace?
1: Right. Well, the first thing is it allows you to own your part in something. Right? When we are feeling secure enough, when we're feeling insecure, it's really difficult for us to accept that, for lack of a better word, blame. Uh, and it's not a blame game. It's not about pointing fingers or shaming or any of that stuff. It's just looking at the construction of it and saying, this was how I co-created this. When our worth is more solid, we can do that. So if I'm having an argument with you or a coworker, I can pause and go, okay, what did I bring into this that resulted in this? They get to own their part. It's not about owning 100% of the dance. You're only honing your moves. (laughs) And so you can just start really um, playing around with that interaction, how you are maybe manipulating a situation, how you are not giving them credit. And when our internal worth becomes more solid, we're able to stay more neutral So we don't get as triggered by the things that are happening around us. We are able to say, huh, well, that's interesting. I see what's going down here now. Let's talk about this. Are you okay? Is there something you need help with? And when we are in this place of constantly needing worth from other people, we are incapable of doing that because we are coming into a situation with our own agenda. Oh, I'm going to ask them what I can help them with so that they think I'm a good person. But when we are intact, we can just say, what do you need help with? And if they say nothing, we're still okay. And that helps create these um, solid spaces around people as well that they start to pick up on. And it really does change our personal dynamics.
0: Yeah, it it allows us to be with each other differently. Um, we We just approach those interactions, those communications. We just approach the relationship in a much more healthy way. Mm-hmm. So we're not so codependent <laughs> and, and, and really we, we are in the driver's seat um, in terms of, you know, the decisions we're making in relation to those relationships, whether that's at home, whether, you know, whatever. Um, but I think this also specifically relates to the workplace because we, we know from there's just such extensive research that shows the importance and value of meaningful Uh, healthy relationships at work to drive performance, uh, to drive organizational success, to drive team success, to drive individual success. And we know most people leave jobs because of bad workplace relationships. Um, You know, you're willing to put up with a lot if you have people you like at work you know you can get crappy pay the the policies the procedures the you know the customers whatever there can be a lot that kind of sucks about a job but if you work with good people you know a lot of times you're kind of willing to put up with it but yeah. but the opposite is not true like a job can be amazing like everything about the job you love but you have a crappy boss or you have that horrible coworker that you can't stand and a lot of times people will leave those jobs so mm-hmm. the relationships are just so important so vital um and and so i hope that we can all think about you know how does understanding you know, our our intrinsic worth our self worth and how do, how do, how do, does understanding that um allow us to be uh, in better position to have positive relationships with those around us including the workplace um how does it help us to approach them in a more sustainable way um like you said owning our responsibility and co-creating these relationships uh, and that's not to excuse abusive relationships. If someone's emotionally, psychologically, or or physically abusive, that's not okay. Obviously, and we're not trying to say it's the victim's fault. Um, that's we're that's something different. Um, but but in the normal kind of day to day interactions that we have with people, um, most people are good. Most people have good intentions. And even when they slip and fall, you know, we can approach them in a in a compassionate way we can approach them in a forgiving way and and we're going to be less defensive we're going to be with them differently if we know our own worth and we don't rely on them for validation
1: yeah Um, well there's two things actually um, that come up for me while you're talking about that is one the healthier we become the less unhealthy people come into our lives because there's just not space for them. It's not a playground they want to hang out in. And so toxic people tend to just leave as we get healthier. So that's bonus. Uh, The other thing too, is you talked about victims. And yes, that is a really important part because victimization is real, bad things happen and victims are a result of it. That is a really normal uh, process that there's ways of getting through that in a really, really healthy way. What is not normal about that is living in victimhood. Really embracing that poor me lifestyle. You're pitching a tent in that neighborhood and you are planting your stakes and you're saying, this is where I'm living. I'm living in this place where I get to feel horrible about myself and blame everybody else for it. It's about moving out of that space. And so understand if somebody is treating you horribly, you're being victimized, right? Having those feelings are legit. Staying in those feelings is really going to waste your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Allison, we're quickly approaching the end of our time together. It's, it's been a lot of fun. But before we um, part ways today, I did want to give you a chance to really give the last word on this topic um, for the listeners, but also to share uh, how they can get in touch with you, get connected, and find out more about what you're doing and what
1: you can do for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, two little things I would like to say. One is there's a really great book out there called The Coaching Habit. So if you're working with people in a leadership role, this is a really great way of implementing your internal worth and allowing people to step into theirs. So it's a beautiful book. Um, I highly recommend it. I did not write it. So it's <laughs> check it out. Um, the other thing too, is, you know, it comes down to like Dr. Sue says, right, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind and really step into who you are and own that space. Find that neutrality, find that space between um, the situation that happens, have a space and then how you choose to react. And there's a free five-step process on my website on how people can do that. So that's at dominothinking.com.
0: Excellent. And I'll also share your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. I hope uh, listeners will reach out to Allison, get connected, find out more about what she can do for you. Uh, And this is a really important topic and it's hard internal work. Um, Again, society trains us differently. (laughs) It trains us to look to the external for validation of our own worth. And there's all these signals uh, out there constantly bombarding us, you know, with how we should look at ourselves. And really most of that, probably none of that matters. (laughs) We, you know, what what really matters is that we're being, that we do that self-work Uh, that we understand who we are, that we're authentic, um, that we understand our innate value. Uh, And when we do that, when we're in a healthier space, in a healthier place with ourselves, it does, like you said, it allows us to be more healthy in our relationships. Uh, We'll have better interactions with others around us. Uh, We'll be more uh, understanding and forgiving and compassionate with those around us and with ourselves. Uh, And ultimately we'll find more peace and joy in life uh, because we 're not constantly dependent on others to provide that for us um, we we are able to generate it for ourselves because we 've learned about and know ourselves better um, and i I hope that 's a journey that everyone is willing to go on and and for organizational leaders, this may sound a little woohoo and like um, abstract pie in the sky but i I think it's it 's critical. If you want to be a successful leader within an organization, um, you need to know yourself. Uh, You can't really know your people until you know yourself, and you can't really interact with your people in a healthy way until you um, do that with yourself first, and then that will lead to lots of great outcomes for you, your team, and your organization. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope everyone stays healthy and safe, that everyone can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you all have a great week. Thank you.